At eight o'clock, I will not be thinking about making bucks. I'd be like, oh, it's eight o'clock. I'm going to just chill, have a drink, watch YouTube. No, I'm always getting it. As soon as we're done with this, I got to send an email. I'm like, hey, I got the recourse. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like that's this. We're doing this. And this is a source of revenue. This is a source of promoting advertising at eight o'clock on a Monday. But like Dame Dash says, when you do it for yourself and your family, it never feels like work. It never feels like work. I hustle for my last name. Talk episode 109. Yes. I like listening to these things, man. And people like listening to them, too. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megana himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Start from the bottom, now we hit episode 109 of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast with your hosts. That's myself, Raphael. You can find me on Twitter at WorkMoneyLife, along with my co-host, Charles Oglesby III, JD. You can, find, the JD. you can find him on Twitter at RealToddBillion, because he's the real one. Accept no substitutes. <laughs> if you don't know who we are, we a couple of, du- couple of guys on here trying to help change the conversation around building black wealth. We dissect tweets to do it. My man Charles is also known on these internet streets as Todd Millionaire, transitioning to Todd Billionaire, aka Mr. 3.7 in a pandemic, aka SPG Poppy. <laughs> What's going on, Charles? It's out here, man. It's out here, man. It's crazy. It's 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 interesting. So just living, man. That's all I could say. When you when you go into entrepreneurship, when you go into all these different things, it's different than the job in a lot of different ways. So <clears throat> trying to navigate that stuff, living my life. Mm-hmm. 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 And you know, it's funny, I saw a tweet from Mark Marquise Rob am I saying his name right? Marquise Robinson on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at wealth underscore forever. He had a tweet mm-hmm. where he said, entrepreneurs are the new rock stars. Being a ball player sounds cool, but it's still a job. Mm. And you have to sacrifice your body for a check. Yeah. Yeah, man. I forgot who it was. And I don't think it was Kyrie, but let's just use Kyrie as an example. But it was just interesting how it wasn't Kyrie, but it was just interesting how like, the vaccine mandates really impact like professional athletes being able to get money. And so it's folks out here losing contracts because they said, I'm not getting the vaccine. Right. And like, to me, that directly relates to entrepreneurship where I don't know if a lot of folks got the vaccine or didn't get the vaccine. I got the vaccine. Um, It's interesting how they kind of mandate these things, but crazy. these guys are like, making multiple millions of dollars, rappers, athletes, and we're finding out it's not as sweet as it's cracked up to be. Like, it looks good, but it's not as sweet as it's cracked up to be. Meanwhile, entrepreneurs out here having the freedom, but not only having the freedom, being able to hire people, being able to help people who look like them, and actually being able to change the community, give them real information that's directly for them. We don't got to keep getting these drug dealer movies. We don't got to keep getting all this nonsense on TV. 
because now we're out here creating it for ourselves, creating the content, creating the podcast, creating the YouTubes, and really giving folks the game. So it's cool to see. I'm happy to see it. I hope that we continue to see it because quite honestly, I feel like it's kind of shifting. We're not seeing as much entrepreneurship push now that we have Joe Biden because now folks are just like, yeah, we got Joe Biden. He's going to save us. Meanwhile, he's saving everybody but you. But we did it, Joe. And we lit out here. And one one day he might do something for y'all. But until then, he's going to continue doing things for everybody but y'all. Because those are probably people who are really funding this campaign. You can vote all you want, but he has to fulfill <laughs> the promises to the campaign donors. Right. So you wonder why you keep getting passed over is because your votes is just your votes. Them dollars is what he has an obligation to fulfill a return on investment. Yeah, man. You got to pay to play. And but folks for too long have been thinking that voting is the way to go when it's only a part is a it's a small part of it, man. You got to have the money behind your vote or else it don't matter. You could vote them in. And then when the other people that funded them come around, no matter how they feel, actually feel about you, the ones who pay you are the ones who get attention, man. For a few reasons, because also he wants to get reelected. So if he gets into office and he doesn't do for the people who paid for him to get into office, how's he going to get a second term? All right, man. That's what you got to think about. Money first, man. Like Dr. Claude Anderson said in Powernomics, get the money first and then you buy the politicians or right, rent the politicians. And he said, it don't matter if they're black, they're white, like don't get hung up on people's color, buy them. Or if you can't buy them, rent them. But that's another story. And speaking of entrepreneurship and, and ball players, we all heard the big story lately. Coca-Cola has just paid $5.6 billion to take full control of Body Armor, a little sports drink company that uh, Kobe Bryant invested uh, like $6 million in back in uh, 2013, I believe it was. And it has paid off handsomely for him because uh, although Coke had already bought like 15% of the company back in 2018, now they bought the whole thing for $5.6 billion in their biggest acquisition so far ever. And now Kobe Bryant's estate is going to get four hundred million yeah i was trying i was trying to find the other because i know outside of this one there's another really big deal that kobe had done recently i can't think of the company it might have been coinbase but it was another company like this is just the most recent really cool thing that kobe's done but he had another buyout man i gotta find this thing a buyout yeah i know he had a couple not 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 a buyout but something like to this extent man yeah, he made a couple of good ones. Yeah. He had also he had also um started his own not investment firm, like a venture capital uh firm. Right. Bryant Stiebel. So so what you do is the VC fund then invests in all these different things. So he comes together, he creates the VC fund. The VC fund then goes out and invests in startups. So Body Armor was one. Um it, it appears he invested in Epic Games which owns Fortnite. Um, there's other ones out there. I think you're there's saying other ones. Legal Zoom. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. But let's just say he made more money investing his money than he did playing Man. ball. Man. And like the crazy part about it is um, I made 60 grand today in the stock market. $60,000. I don't look no different. I got on the same hat I just bought. <laughs> I, did, I did look like I did look at a Rolex Daytona. Um, but I made $60,000 today. And the crazy part about it is that's one day at work. And 
work. Oh, right. <laughs> Not really work. <laughs> but that's mind blowing to me because the same thing is being said about these athletes. I know KD, Kevin Durant, I put out a post recently about Kevin Durant's VC deals. I think Kevin Durant is, if not a billionaire, he's damn near close. And so you have all these dudes who are making all this crazy money, but it speaks to what I've been talking about. This is investing, but it's also business. So the reason why they're making money is because these businesses are so valuable. They're generating so much money. They're selling so many products that your, your, your investment just explodes. It's a combination of business and investing. We got to be on the right side of the quadrant. And when I say right, I don't mean like the correct. I mean like the right side. You got the B, the I, you got the employee and the self-employed. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's awesome to me to see it. But the reason why I bring that up is because my investments can make way more money than I can ever make. Like this is 60 grand just today, but I've had a very good run this month. I told you, I don't know if I put this on the thing, but I lost $72,000 in that investment. I made it all back and I didn't do Mm. nothing. I didn't do anything but reposition my portfolio. My Tesla skyrocketed, everything skyrocketed. I had to go on the offense. And so now that I've made that money back, I continue to have that skill and I'm not afraid of losing money or taking the risk. And that's why people make more money, right? People with money make more money because they can afford to take risks. Kobe Bryant right. can afford to put $6 million into body armor. And if it pans out, great. If it doesn't, all right. Because I mean, if you think about it, they do have most of VCs, what they do is they invest in 10 companies, knowing that one of them or two of them is going to be the unicorn that's going to pay for that entire uh, suite. Yep. And so that's kind of what you have to do as an investor. Because you never know what's going to pop. Some days my Tesla's booming. Some days my SPG's booming. It's always something different, but you got to be you got to be in the game. But I think the lesson people have to take from this is you're going to make so much more money being a business owner and investor than you ever will working. I don't care if you are high income. Kobe Bryant is massively high income, lives a great life, and he wow. still made more money investing. That's true. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's like, wow, you're right. I mean... And that shows you like something that you've been saying. And it took me a while to, to kind of get what you were saying and why you were saying it. Like you said, like business first, then investing. Like that's how you really build wealth. Like the, because the business gets you that almost infinite, infinite money. Like, I mean, it's not really infinite, but there's infinite potential to how much money you can make with a business. You get that capital and then you, then you could afford to invest heavy. Mm-hmm. And like you said, with venture capital firms, they put money, they spread it out across 10 companies, seven are going to do, six or seven of them aren't going to do anything, maybe break even. Three of them are going to do okay. And one of them is just going to blow everything out the water and make it, the other nine worth it. But you got to have, you got to have the money to play the game, man. Yeah. But and you still got to pick solid companies. Like you talk about like in crisis mm-hmm. money, your, your course crisis money, like you still got to pick solid companies. But you gotta have you gotta have that capital, man. Run you it do. up, you gotta run it up. You do, because the reason why I made a lot of money in SPG is because I have a lot of money in SPG. <laughs> so it's like small okay. blips, and this is why small blips make big differences. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Small blips make big differences when you have a, a good amount of money invested. 
And that's why you got to give big money because a lot of times, and what I'm realizing is like the stock market, unless you're trading options, you're not really going to get rich in the stock market because it doesn't move like that. But if you have a lot of money in the stock market, it's almost unfair. It's going to move one to 2%, 3%, 4%, sometimes 20%, whatever that looks like. And that's not going to happen in a day. But if you got money, money, I've talked about this. If you have money, money, if you have six figures, like I saw a tweet and it was super profound and something I believe in. He said that that first hundred thousand dollars is the hardest. But once you get that that first hundred thousand invested, it's almost like you have an extra person investing on your behalf. Mm. Because now the money that it kicks off equates to about what you could be doing. Like I said, if you have a hundred thousand dollars, a one percent gain is a thousand dollars. Most people aren't investing a thousand dollars a month, but your stocks can be investing a thousand dollars a month. Your dividends can be investing a thousand dollars a month. Your portfolio can do those things. Your assets can invest a lot harder than you can. And so, like when you learn this, it almost like you almost have a disdain for anything that has to do with manual labor <laughs> because you know that is not money oriented. I can't pick up the Turo because that's that's not massive dollar per hour type revenue, like I need type activities. It's like Nehemiah Davis calls it minimum wage activities. You can't do minimum wage activities if you're trying to achieve wealth. So yeah, man. And yeah, and it's funny, like you always said that too. It took me a while to get that one you were saying, um, you gotta have massive amounts in there because if you put it in like if you got a hundred, two hundred bucks invested in a stock, even if it doubles, you put got a hundred dollars in and it doubles, that's still only a hundred dollars and right. it doesn't change your life. But on the other hand, with the SPG, they just raised the dividend, the dividend from one was it a dollar fifty a share to a dollar sixty five a share. Yeah. It's fifteen cents. But actually that's got kind of big percentage wise, it's a ten percent increase, which is kind of big. Yeah, but and, so, but so it's only fifteen get, cents. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're getting sixteen thousand a year in dividends, now you're getting an extra sixteen hundred. That's all. That's pretty good. For the, I mean, if you consider, if you think of it, you're not actually working for it. It's right. Good. right, 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 exactly. And if you got or, ten thousand shares, that's or, like fifteen hundred. Like right, or if you're getting right, or if you're getting yeah, extra, exactly. If you got ten thousand shares, then that's an extra fifteen hundred dollars every three months. Extra. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you made that comment because I was talking about that, how like a lot of people, they tell you to invest in like stocks that pay like 12% per year. And I was like, that's crazy. So you mean I'm going to work, I'm going to invest 12%. I got to wait a year to make a thousand dollars. I was like, that's crazy to me. Like, and that's why I tell people that you got to do the business first. And instead of like, you're sitting here waiting for a thousand dollars on the year, like, bro, like you just wasted a whole year waiting for a thousand dollars. Like get some more customers, get some clients. Mm. So what would you say though? Along the way, would you still invest though? Like absolutely. And I'm glad you asked that question because you need the skill set, man. You also need to weed out practices that do not work. So I've been investing since 2009, um, and that's taught me a lot of different things that I still put in practice today. And so, for example, like I don't invest in penny stocks. I don't chase the hype. When I like when people see like the Shibas and the all these different things, like I'm not chasing that. I can't get in with the crypto stuff because my mind isn't wired that way. My mind isn't wired to think that something should just go up just because it goes up. Like, no, <laughs> what is it attached to? What are the fundamentals here? What does it produce? What does it generate? Why is the value increasing? There's a, there should be a reason. Otherwise, it's just a it's just a 
a lottery ticket at that point. We're just gambling at that point. A lot of folks are just throwing money and they're just hoping that it goes up. I don't want hope. I don't want hope. And so you learn these things as you invest. You learn how to invest by investing. You learn how to analyze stocks by investing. Get in the market, invest what you have. And then those same skill sets are going to benefit you when you get here. Because if we hadn't done mm-hmm. all that work and then you get into the space where now you're trying to invest a good amount of money, you're probably going to lose it because you're new and you're just out there just filling yourself around. Yeah, that's interesting. You say that you, um, these hyped up investments aren't tied to anything. Uh, it's kind of like Grant Cardone always talks about, you know, real assets, real assets, real assets. And like SPG, for if there's anybody listening to this that don't know what SPG is, stands for Simon Property Group. It's a real invest, a re, real, in, real estate investment trust. So it's connected to real estate, which is a hard asset, real asset to shopping malls, but people thought it was dead during the uh, the pandemic. Well, obviously it's not. People, once the, once the lockdown was over, people flooded back. You know what I'm saying? And also, it didn't just shoot up just because people just felt like buying the stock. They they made profits. They were able to uh, weather the storms, and they made money year over year, man. They beat, earn, they, they beat the estimates. They did better than people thought they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why the stock's going up. Right. And the same thing can be said about Tesla. You look at Tesla, like why is Tesla Tesla doing the numbers that it's doing? Because anybody who owns a Tesla loves their Tesla. <laughs> it's a great product. Let's tell you something real. It's a great product. Um, and it's 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 where the, the market in the world is going. And so honestly, I became more of a believer in Tesla when I bought my own Tesla. Actually, probably before then when I drove a Tesla. When I drove mm-hmm. a Tesla, I knew I needed a Tesla. It was just too fun. Like even driving my other car, I'm like, ah, I don't know. This is kind of, it's not the same. I like it. It's a solid <laughs> car, but it's just not the same. And so Tesla is part technology, part energy, and they're just innovating mm. so much. And there's a reason why it's going up. Costco. I bought my son Costco stock because every time I went into Costco, it was slammed. I'm up like 32% in his position in, in Costco. There's a book called, I wouldn't, I don't even know the title, but it's a Jim Cramer book. And he talks about like Jim Cramer is a fundamental investor. He's not a technical investor. He's not over here chasing hype. He looks at actual solid companies. You know who also does that? Warren Buffett. This is why it's important to invest. When you invest, you start figuring out that you don't know nothing. So what do you do when you realize you don't know anything? You start studying, or at least you should. And what you're going to do is you're going to study the most successful investors. You're not going to study some dude on Twitter who shouted out a stock that now you're, you bought it <laughs> and you got clapped. And so I learned that fundamentals matter, if it, especially long term. If we're not just in and out, ducking and dodging, fundamentals matter. You better know what that company does and it better be a solid company. It better be legit and it better be sustainable. Otherwise, you're just cruising for a bruising. And it's funny, you two things you said, you brought up Tesla and we talk about being connected to real stuff is like, you think about Tesla versus Nikola. Was that the name of the stuff, the company? Nikola. Man. That was hyped up. Hyped up. The guy never actually delivered on anything, and now they're gone. I mean, the, the company is gone now, right? Oh. Yeah, but everybody on the timeline was like, oh, we're making money, Nikola, NK. They were loving it. And I was like, bruh, they got to show me something. I don't I don't care about, and this is, this is what a lot of people get mis- mistaken. They buy into what somebody says they're going to do, not what they've actually done. Mm. And he had never actually done anything. He was just talking about like an idea. Apparently, like the prototypes weren't legit, nothing like that. Tesla has consistently shown and proved that they can do things. They've created nothing but quality products. Although I will say the Model 3 is kind of, 
I don't know. I is the technology in the car is cool, but the way it's kind of put together is kind of cheap. But I think they did that so they can get the cost down. So I'll allow it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, man. That you, you want to see something that's connected to real stuff, folks. Actual right. business. It's like you said. Or at least I think you're the one who said it. I don't know. I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but you got to think of it. You're not buying a stock. You're buying a company. I think I think uh, Wall Street Trapper says that that's a Wall Street Trapper lie, but I'll take credit for it. Sorry, I'm not taking credit for that. <laughs> it ain't coming from me. What are you saying? It ain't coming for you. Okia for Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. Said everyone is your friend until you say no. Man, it's crazy, man, how folks will love you until they can't use you no more. And I've experienced this with a lot of people, um, so much so that it kind of caused you to kind of be cautious of who you even mess with in the future. And so I think that everybody has an agenda, and I don't think it should be this way because I think it's kind of foolish to 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 like use people it's like they say love people and use money instead people love money and use people and i just noticed that people i know they change up on you man and we have people who they'll cut you off they'll cancel you they'll move on and act like you never existed and these are the same people that'll say really really great things about you an example is two people that came out and said some crazy stuff about me today one of the dudes was a DJ that used to DJ because I used to be a party promoter because I wanted to, that was one of my first businesses. And he was cool. We knew him from college. And so we, he, we allowed him to DJ all of our parties. Quite honestly, he wasn't really the best DJ, but we still allowed him to DJ our parties. And then it's like we get online and folks start saying stuff. And he's actually the part of the slander crew that I refer to a lot. Um, he has 1,100 followers. His brand has not grown. But he just has like this deep seated dislike and disdain for me. And I thought it was interesting because it's like I was putting money in your pocket. I was helping you, even though I didn't actually particularly think you were the best DJ for the job. I was still helping you. And you'll literally get on this app and like come for me. I don't come for nobody except for be real estate. And that's because you came for me. But you've never seen me literally get on that app and try to ruin somebody's name and app mention them and drag them. into. You've never seen me do that. You want to know why? Because you can't build and destroy at the same time. And I'm too focused on building to even worry about tearing folks down. You literally cannot build a brand and also be destroying somebody else's brand. I might subtweet you, but I'm not going to actually (laughs) attack you. I'm not going to literally go after somebody. I think it's tacky. I think it's dirty. Another person who um, it's interesting because him and I were in college at the same time. And a lot of it honestly happens through Twitter. That's what I'm finding is a lot of like the reason why I dislike people or people dislike me is through Twitter because we say things and like people are like dance on top of your tweet and try to kind of like make a joke of what you're saying. 
Um, and that's a part of the reason why I don't really rock with him anymore because he kept doing it. I was like, I don't like, like kind of like James Hunt. He tweeted something. He was like, I hate when people, the only time they ever mention you is when they're disagreeing with what you're saying or trying to make light of what you're saying. And he was one of those guys. But interestingly enough, when he was in college and again, promoting parties, he was one of the promoters for the parties. He was over here hitting me up trying to help make money selling tickets for the parties that we were doing. I was looking back. And then also when he got out of college, he was like struggling to find a job. And he like hit me up and he was like asking for mentorship. And I was like, yeah, just do this, do that. I can put you in place. And these are the same folks that will be out here coming for you. And what I found is that's kind of like a cycle that happens. I help people. Then I say, I'm not going to help you no more or you fall out. And now it's like F you, Charles. And so what I realized, these folks ain't really messing with you anyway. They don't really like you. They like what you could potentially do for them. They're coming to you for an agenda. I have a problem. He seems to have solutions. Let me see if he can solve my problem. It's not, I have a problem. He's a dope person. I just want to hang around him and help him. No, it's like people are always coming through you. And this is what I've seen even with like admins. Yeah, they'll come in and they'll help you. But the goal is to ultimately take your customers, take your clients and run off with your business idea. And so you just become more guarded, man. I think you have to learn how to have money. Dame Dash said that once. He's like, we're so hell bent on just finding out how to get the bag that we don't even know what it's like to maneuver with one. And like, mm. that is a struggle in itself. He's like the legalities, the requirements that come, the reporting. There's a lot. It's a whole different world, man. Like you got to be sending like quarterly tax payments. Like if you listen to the heart dogs, like their first year, they had to pay like a whole bunch of money because they didn't pay like uh quarterly tax payments or whatever. So they owed money. So now they have a system. Boom, boom, boom. And so like, it's just interesting because I'm realizing now, like, even I was talking to my mom, it's like, I have to move through people. I can't be the face of everything because just like with, with uh, the VA leaving, if it comes from me, it's more hurtful than if it comes from a manager or if it comes from Mm. somebody who's in between me. And that's one thing I realized with entrepreneurship is the boss never really talks to the employee or to the customer. They always have a, a go through because it just hurts more when it's the person who's at the top. And so I'm having, that's another thing I got to learn. It's just putting layers in between me and the public. Like everybody can't just call and talk to me, like talk to the manager, talk to whomever. So that's just one thing I'm working on. Hey, hey. I don't know why that made me remember this, but I meant to ask you earlier. We got to ask about the Todd Capital Turo Chronicles. 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 Oh. Chronicles. <laughs> Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. Yeah, man. So um, had a, a lot of really good trips. That truck's been that car has been spinning, 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 spinning. Um, but about two trips ago, I was looking at the pictures and I was like, why does it look like there's like a hole or like a black mark where the sensor's supposed to be? I was like, it looks like somebody put like a black sticker on top of the sensor or something. And so this is when I first got my Turo drop person, the second person who I have now doing this. There's always a replacement for your talent, guys. If somebody quits, I guarantee you there's somebody behind them that wants their job. And uh, so, yeah, anyway, 
he wasn't that great at taking pictures. And so I waited until I went and saw the car. And then I saw that like, it's actually like the sensor was gone. So I'm like, well, that can't be that crazy of a fix. But I'm like, how did that even happen? That's crazy. Mm. So I call around. Actually, what I did is I I reported the damage and I matched the pictures because you have to take a lot of pictures with Turo. You got to take pictures when you pick up the car. You got to take pictures when you drop it off. So when the last guest ends, you take pictures of what how they return the car. And then before it goes out, you take pictures of how they return the car. And so I matched the pictures of when he got the car and when he returned the car. And I noticed that... Um, I noticed that it was it was him who did it. I kind of suspected him who did it. Interestingly enough, on the day that he was set to return the car, he contacts me. He doesn't contact me. What he does is he... Um, You're talking to customer, right? Right, the customer. Okay. What the customer does is he hits me up and he's like, oh, yeah, my flight got delayed. Um, I gotta, I'll have to return my flights until like five o'clock or something. So I think he just was getting the car fixed. I need to check the the location history because i can check that i can see where it was um, he maybe had a mobile person come out but i can see where it was he might not know i can see where it was so anyway i go through Turo, report a problem say there's damage they say it has to be over the deductible i set my deductible pretty high because i wanted to kind of self-insure and um which i think is actually kind of smart so anyway um the the damage according to t- uh to the Lexus dealership is only like 650 bucks. I got two quotes. The first quote, they quoted me like a thousand at the Lexus dealership up here, but I actually took it down to the other dealership and he charged me like 650. He was just doing all kinds of discounts for me. I was like, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a thousand dollars. You saved me money. I didn't tell him that though. So anyway, yeah, got to get the sensor fix 650. And I'm going to have to, because the way the app is set up, like you can't go back and leave a review after you post it. And then you also like, I can't even like, like there should have been like a security hold. When I rented the Porsche, there was a hold on my card in mm. addition to the actual cost of the Turo rental. So it was like whatever it cost to rent a car. And there's like another like $600 hold. It might've been even more than that. It might've been like 750. It was a lot of money. Wow. And so then when I returned it back and he saw that it was clean, he released the hold. And so I need to probably implement something like that and usually if you rent from hertz they do that they put your card on file for that right. purpose for incidentals there and they ain't asking and so the thing about turo is they said contact the turo guest and see if you can just reconcile outside of turo i sent him a message he didn't respond and so after i did everything i sent him another message i was like hey bro um i hope you don't think you're getting away with this i was like <laughs> i have your driver's license of all your information i'm going after you man but it's just another instance of these folks thinking they could play me. Okay, but you you left out you left out some of the story. Well, which part? So you you realized the sensor was missing. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? Oh, it, you said he yeah. also. You think he got it fixed, right? You said right. It looks like it looks like he got into an accident and then had it fixed, and then the sensor fell out. So it looks like because if you look at the paint, it doesn't look like the exact match of the paint, and like it looks like they took it off. Like there's a little clip part where it's not fully there. Like you can kind of see where it could be potentially connected. So we'll see, man. When they give you a loaner car, they're moving slow. Usually they fix my car like the same day. Now they're moving kind of slow. But yeah. Mm. Todd Capital, Two Rural Chronicles. Chronicles. It's always a chronicle with these businesses, man. But the truck is rolling, right? Um, I just lost a driver. Um, it sat for like a week. He came in, he worked for a week and he quit. They said they have a another driver, but 
I don't know if he's been rolling. We're going to find out right now. He is in. He's on the way. He's in some part of Arkansas. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, good. That's why you. But the thing is, is that's why you got to have a bunch of different things rolling. Like, I realized that Mm -hmm. how like you got the courses going and then you have the stock market going and then you have the truck going, you have the tour going. So sometimes you need multiple businesses because you never know what's going to be hidden. It's always something different that's hidden, but you need something hidden. Something right. got to hit. Right, right, right. And then there's also seasonal stuff too. Yeah. I mean, in general, everything is seasonal. Honestly, pretty much every, almost, most businesses are seasonal in some kind of way, but you might have a good year now and a bad year next year. Right. So it's Man. not, it's not, it's still seasonal in a way. So that's you know. very true. And that's why, that's why I tell people like, and like exactly like today, it's like, okay, you made money today, but that don't mean I'm gonna make money tomorrow. The next day, I don't know what next year, what next year has to hold. So that's why I tweeted that thing that like money is just security against working a job. So you make 60K in a day, like, all right, you just made sure that you don't got to work one year. Like, that's all you really did. You didn't actually, like, I don't get to blow it because there's not not a guarantee on my money. And so everything, and that's why a lot of the wealthiest people that you know are entrepreneurs because they have to have reserves because they're always in a state of never knowing. Granted, the beauty in that is since you are always in that state of never knowing, you're always going. It's eight o'clock on a Monday night. I'm still making sure I'm getting these sales going. When I was working a job, I left the office and I didn't think about money at all. At eight mm. o'clock, I would not be thinking about making bucks. I'd be like, oh, it's eight o'clock. I'm going to just chill, have a drink, watch YouTube. No, I'm always getting it. As soon as we're done with this, I got to send an email. I'm like, hey, I got the recourse. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like that's this. We're doing this. And this is a source of revenue. This is a source of promoting advertising at eight o'clock on a Monday. But like Dame Dash says, when you do it for yourself and your family, it never feels like work. It never feels like work. I hustle for my last name. <laughs> not my get, first. Get that REAP money, folks. REAP money. And I was going to ask you about that tweet you had about money is just protection from having to work a job. Yeah. And I asked you what exactly you meant by that. Kind of felt like I knew. Um, two things. I One thing is I found that you don't just want money. That money has to always be working. Cash sitting is cash that's losing value. And so sometimes like as an entrepreneur, you can get addicted to like making a bunch of money and letting it sit there when what you really got to do is make it and then get it right back in the streets. It's also a Dame Dash statement. It's like, I don't got money because I flip. Right. My money's always in the streets. And it has to be like, that was one of the things that I saw Petway Estates talk about. They were saying that one of the things they wish they did was with their flip money is reinvested into scaling their business. And it can be be very tempting to make a big check and want to spend that big check. But what's most lucrative is making a big check and investing that big check because then you start getting the even bigger money. So let's say you make a flip and then you pull your money out. You can only do one flip at a time. But if you make a flip and then you reinvest it, now you can be doing two flips because you're going to have the money that you did the first flip and you're going to have the money you made off of the first flip to do a second flip. So now you're doing two times. You have your capital. Let's put numbers to it. You invest $100,000, you flip it to two hundred. dollars you pull all your money out. Now you have $200,000. If it costs you $100,000 to do one flip, now you're doing two. You do two flips, now you make four. Now mm-hmm. you have the money to do four flips. You do those four flips, now you have eight. Eight flips at the same time. You reinvest everything. Now you got 16 flips, 16 flips. And all you did was just reinvest 
That's right. all you did was reinvest. You didn't bring no new money into the deal. And so like, that's the thing is you got to keep your money in the deal. You got to keep your money in the streets. So you got to continue to reinvest. But for me, it was more so like, I'm pretty sure I tweeted that after the day, because quite honestly, I, I did all right before earnings posted. Earnings posted. So earnings uh, earnings had posted and I'd already made about 25 grand on the day. And so I was happy. I was like, we lit. And then earnings posted and it went from like 20 to 40 in one account and went from five to like 15, 20 in the other account. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. And I was like, what's also crazy is like, I don't feel the need to buy anything. I really don't. I'm just like, how can we continue to grow and scale and double down and, and reinvest? Because I don't want to ever work a job again. And I always want to know that I always got money coming in. And so like you have to build wealth. You like when you become an entrepreneur, you build wealth out of fear. You build wealth out of a necessity because the worst case is you got to go back to a job. And so for me, not working a job is honestly more valuable than looking like I have it. Not working a Mm. job is more valuable than buying all the extra stuff. Like there's certain things that I do that I enjoy going to Charger games, going to sports games. That's fun. But I'm not doing the most and maxing out because I want to always make sure that I have my freedom. I want to always make sure that I never have to beg anybody else for anything again. And that's the most important thing. That freedom, man. So no Daytona. You didn't buy a Daytona today. I didn't. But if I did, it'd still be an investment. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to get, get, get laced with Get Laced Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Laced is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore upgrade your sneakers with a black owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. Use a genius, man. Get yours today at getlacelaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. You know what's funny? Uh, this kind of off topic, but I had a friend of mine, she was basically, I tagged along with her to go to um, this place called the Real Real. I don't know if you ever heard of them. But they do like consignment on like luxury goods and other goods. So she went to take to sell her bag. I tagged along to see and she sold them. No, she didn't sell it, but she she left a a Louis Vuitton bag on consignment. And they said her possible um, commission on it was would be if it's sold for the twelve hundred dollars that they was looking to sell it for. She would get like eight fifty or something like that. I'm like, that's crazy because she took very good care of it. It looked like brand new. And she told me after you left that she she had um she actually only paid like a thousand for it and she used it for like a couple of years and she's getting back close to what she paid for it. And it was funny because she had a Gucci bag that she was actually carrying her stuff in. And she was like, you know what? How about this one? How much can I get for this one? She took her stuff out the bag mm. <laughs> and left that too. And she's possibly get like three three hundred for that one too. But it's like it was funny. And it's like, man, this is like what Charles is talking about. I mean, other people talk about it too, but 
you know, like buying something like a Rolex, it sounds like crazy money. And I'm not even telling anybody to do it, but you could buy the joint, enjoy it for a couple of years and then sell it and get your money back. Or with a Rolex, you might even get more. Because when we were in D.C. and we went and I went with the crew, the mastermind crew, we went to the sh- to, to the mall and to that store. We trying on the I tried on a Daytona. That joint was like 19 plus. And the guy, the salesman was telling us how the used joints are they're not cheap. Yeah, because yeah. it was he's like, it's hard to find them. Not He's like, nobody's got Rolexes around here. Yeah. Except us. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. They they don't want to over manufacture. Right. So, so like I was watching a YouTube video and they were talking about like how with brands like Rolex, Audemars and uh, there's another one, Patek. They their whole brand is on like exclusivity. And so people pay more for exclusivity because they don't want what everybody has. They don't want because like they they feel like they're cut above. And so it's like if I, if I got it and you got it, then we peers. And I don't want to be peers. I worked very hard to not be your peer. And so <laughs> <laughs> they like right. they kind of pride themselves in that. And so where you have other brands who just manufacture, manufacture and fill their pipeline like Rolex, Audemars and Patek don't. They only produce a certain amount and that's it. And they only sell them to authorized dealers. So anybody that you see who is selling them that isn't an authorized dealer, there's somebody who's more than likely selling something that's pre-owned. Uh, but the pre-owned market is still solid. Um, honestly, I think both my Rolexes are pre-owned. I think all my watches that are of substance are pre-owned. I still paid a good amount of money for them. Both the Panerais are pre-owned. Both my Rolexes are pre-owned. Um, but that's just like the market. You can't buy a brand new Submariner. You can't walk in the street and buy a brand new uh, Submariner. And that was the reason why I did buy it because I walked into the store and I was asking them, and this is why I tell you that salespeople will tell you how to get what you want. And so I walked in there and we're just talking and I was, she was like, what kind do you want? I was like, oh, I was, I was looking at like a GMT or a Submariner. And she's like, oh, you can't get those. She was like, <laughs> like, you have to be already like a Rolex owner mm. and have like a relationship with somebody there. And then when one comes in, then they'll get it to you. So if you see people who are buying these watches from like the actual Rolex stores, cause they probably already bought a few. And so you got to It's kind of like a Ferrari, like even with Ferraris, Ferraris are kind of like that. Like there are certain Ferraris that they don't just sell to the public when they come up with those like million dollar Ferraris. Like you got to know, isn't that crazy? Like you have to, you have to be, it's not enough just to have the money at that level. That's crazy. And that's probably some stuff nobody's ever thought of. Like having the money isn't enough at certain levels. Like you got to actually have the relationships and the bonds. And you also have already have bought a, a, a Ferrari before. To even buy like you don't see a lot of Ferraris. Maybe Lambos. Lambos are a little bit more mass produced, but you don't see a you don't see a lot of influencers driving Ferraris. Everybody got a Lambo. I I don't know any influencer. No black influencer has a Ferrari except for um, TJ the Millionaire Mentor, and he's not really like in that crowd. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, he kind of hangs around like the supercar guys. I don't even know. Who, I don't even know who that is. But okay, he has a lot of YouTube stuff. He's black. He's older. I think he made his money in real estate too, but you don't see a lot of them driving Ferraris because you can't just walk in there and get a Ferrari like that. Not like a not like a four eighty eight or like a four fifty eight. Mister Organic has one. He's been having trouble with with his Ferrari though. That's interesting, man. Yeah, I remember. Like, but then once you get into that world, something else. Because when we were, went Rolex shopping, there was a dude there. He was getting one, and the guy brought it out the back in the in that nice ass box. He already, you know, he already had the Rolex on his his arm. And we, <laughs> and we were like, "Yo, can we can we see what you're getting?" He was like, "Sure." He was cool with it. He was like, what "Yeah, no, pr- 
I forgot what it was, man. But I know it was nice. I was like, damn, the box alone was like yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's like, you know, I was wondering, I felt like asking, like, how many more of these you got? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's one of those things where, and I tell people this a lot, like when you aren't a part of something, it seems crazy. But when you are a part of something, it becomes your norm. So mm. if you never spent 10 grand on a watch, the idea of spending 10 grand is crazy. Once you spend 10 grand on a watch, you don't buy a watch until you have another $10,000 to buy a watch. Mm. Once you spend $2,000 on a purse, you don't buy purses unless you have $2,000 to spend on a purse. And then your mind just flips. Like you have to, you have to change your norm and you change your norm by becoming your norm. I was talking to my mom, we were talking about stretching yourself and how what I noticed is around here, homes are appreciating in value. People have their homes. And so now what do you do? You start buying toys. You start getting RVs. You start getting boats. You start getting jet skis. You start getting second homes. And it's not because of whatever. It's just people like the challenge. It's, at that, it's just a challenge at that point. It's like, man, can't like for me, I said I wouldn't get a $20,000 Rolex until not only did I have the money, but I made that money on top of the money that I already had. So let's hypothetically say there's whatever amount of $100,000 in the account. I was like, I'm not going to take the $100,000 and buy a Rolex. I'm going to make $20,000 on that $100,000 and then I'll buy the Rolex with that money. But I'm not going to dip into whatever I have to buy a Rolex. So I challenged myself. I kind of tried to play a game with myself to figure out how I can grow, how I can improve, how I can become better, more disciplined, more knowledgeable to then go get what I want. And so we could... We just don't want to liquidate stuff. I, I like looking at the numbers grow, man. But I really, I really should Daytona it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, chill, chill. <laughs> run a sale, run a sale. Right, run a sale. That's what you got to do. You got to, what David Shans did is he's like, he wanted to buy a Rolex. And so he put on the content creator bootcamp. He made 20 grand and went and bought his watch. Right. And right. I, I put out a tweet and I was like, what do you have to create to get the life that you want? My parents want to pull. I'm like, what do you have to create? My parents want whatever. What do you have to create? What are you sitting on that you haven't tapped in and brought to market that you could create that can build? I was looking at my REIT course. I was like, I made $55,000 off the REIT course. That's not near any of my best performing courses, but I was like, that's crazy that this right here made $55,000 just by packaging it up in a certain way. What do you have to create? What can you buy with 55 grand? What can you buy with a hundred grand? that you're just not bringing to the market, Raphael. There's so many different things you've been doing. You can be doing a podcast, a boot camp. You could be doing the pod, everything that you're doing. It's just sometimes we put a block in front of us and we're like, oh, I've never seen this before, so I can't be done. But man, there's so much. You could be, man, there's so much. Mm, something to think about. It's, you need customers, not comrades, you said. I did because what I noticed, man, is um, folks ain't loyal, man. <laughs> Man, everybody who everybody's turned on me. And I was like, you know what? I don't need no friends, man. I'm starting to realize why a lot of older folks just be to themselves, especially older men. They just be to themselves, man. My dad just be chilling. They just be chilling. You don't get like the older you get, the less friends you have. Because you start realizing like a lot of these relationships ain't really worth my time, effort and energy. They just set me back. And so um, it's just, oh, the reason why I really tweeted that is because I've been helping my mom out with social media marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Helping her send out emails. I'm not sure if you've been getting the emails, you know, I'm trying to swag it up. I, I did notice that actually I've been getting the emails. Did you notice that? Did you think it was me? 
I didn't. I thought she was just taking a page out of your book. I didn't. Ah. I didn't think. I didn't think you were actually doing it. But now it makes sense. It makes sense. So I I give my mom an hour per day of marketing help. So either I'm on her Instagram posting, I'm on, I'm creating like content for, or I'm in like her gum road tweaking stuff and improving things. And I was on Instagram for her. My mom follows a lot of accountants and a lot of accountants follow her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I, I wonder what they're going to think about her being more aggressive and being more pushy about what she have to offer. And then I was like, I don't care because ain't, ain't mm-hmm. none of them putting the pool in their backyard. Ain't none of them over here helping them do the things that they want to do. And I was like, you don't like you don't need friends. You need customers. You need to go out there. And you need to find people who are going to support you, who are going to buy what you have, who are going to buy into your service. If the other accounts rock with you, so be it. If they don't, so be it. You need to get to the people. And so it's the same thing. It's like I get a I get I get a few people who have something slick to say, but I got way more people who love me. I got way more people who take pictures of me in public. I get way more people who send me dope DMs. I get way more of that than I get the B real estate. It's one B real estate, but it's thousands of people who are not B real estate who be singing my praises, who be telling me that I could be doing all these different crazy things, who are riding for me, who are who are my biggest fans. And a lot of them are only really mad because they can't continue to get anything out of you. So you need more customers. You need to be helping more people. And if folks who weren't going to buy from you anyway don't like you, then so be it. What's the Ouye what statement? He said, uh, what did he say? Something about like the people who are criticizing you aren't going to pay you anyway. So don't pay them no attention. Right. That was crazy. They wasn't going to buy nothing. That. Why do I even care what they say? They literally are not going to. Help me get what I want. It doesn't matter. It's a sea of people on the internet. Mm-hmm. There's a sea of people. This is not your job. One person's opinion of you cannot make or break you. On the job, that they, they can. On the job, one person. Like, that's a big part of the reason why I'm pro-entrepreneurship. The, the odds are better. I have better odds making money working with millions than I do working for one. It's diversification for me. It's like if you have a mutual fund, you have all these different strings holding up the elevators, and one customer's like, F Charles, he whack. But I still got mm-hmm. 100 people holding on my elevator. I'm all right. But if I'm on the job and I got one string, one stream of income holding on my elevator, and they're like, F Charles, now I'm dead. And that's why I moved the way I move. I moved in, in my truth. I'm not moving trying to pander or get approval. My whole life, I did that trying to get approval. And that's why the book Choose Yourself is so important. I chose me. I don't care what you got to say about me. I chose me because the people who... Who are slandering you once hated you and the people who are loving on you once slandered you it's folks out there who sing my praises now who used to be dogging me out people circle back they'd be like man charles they be circling <laughs> back i always knew though i always knew even even as close as like the in-laws man the in-laws was like oh blah 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 and i'm out here paying for them to go to vegas and live first class so it's like you got to stay true to you man because one thing that I realize, and I, I realize this when it comes to sports, is like a lot of people would be like, oh, the Chargers suck. They're terrible, but they aren't Charger fans. They have their own team. So why would they be incentivized to even tell me that my team is good? Even if my team is good, they're still going to tell me that my team is not good. And so we have to realize that in life, everybody's playing for their own team. And so their opinion about your abilities is always based on their themselves first. So they can't even, they're, they're, looking, through, they're looking at you through the, through the lens of themselves. And it's not going to give you a favorable outcome, especially if they don't even really feel like they're amounting to much. It's like they said, it's like, don't worry about people supporting you because most folks can't even support themselves. So yeah, they're trying to get like, you're trying to get your self-esteem from people who have low self-esteem. 
you're either trying to get approval from people who are still like unsure of themselves. You gotta, you gotta be sure of yourself, man. Choose yourself. Choose yourself. And remember, hating on successful people isn't the come up that y'all think it is. It's not, man. Folks be really out here trying to get clout off of at mentioning you and hating. And then, then all that happens is they just expose their followers to somebody who's dope. I got 40 followers today. They thought they was hating on me. I'm like, bro, I got all the, where did all these followers come from. Like, oh man, who is this dude? Oh man, he's this. Look at this. Like, it's not every time they try to cancel Kanye, he makes more money. Every time they kind of yeah. they tried to cancel Dave Chappelle, they made him more popular. Like, it's, it's, yeah, anytime they try to cancel somebody, a lot of times I, I've never even heard a person. Now I gotta go look them up and see what they're famous for. And then it's like, if it's something cool, it's like, oh, shoot, look at this. Yeah, you, you forget like, what you came in here first, but then he's like, oh, this person kind of cool. Yep. That's probably how you found my page, Raphael. Someone was probably hating on me. <laughs> I don't think so. But anyway, we're going to wrap it up on that note. Take us out, Raphael. Episode 109 of Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast. Be your hosts, Raphael and Charles. You can follow us on Twitter. Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow my, my guy Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. You can follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow my man Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and the company at Todd.Capital. And I'd like to leave you guys with one last thought from Charles. Uh, she just going to repeat one of the tweets we talked about before. Remember, folks, money is just protection from having to work a job. I need all that fancy stuff, man. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. Episode 109 of Tweet Talk, the Batwell podcast. Raphael and Charles, we are out. Peace. Yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.